demonic cult of Marmoral is active once again. If they steal the essence of the Queen, darkness will fall across the stars. Misa no bombad warrior, but Misa swearing to find you, Sarquinie, with the help of Misa bombad Paolo, Master and Mace! Jaja, maybe it's this place, but you're starting to make sense to me. It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Buto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the clone army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to send in the clones! In this episode, on the planet of Bardotta, Queen Julia contacts the Republic Senate for help after many of their spiritual leaders go missing. She specifically requests Jar Jar Binks to aid her, and Mace Windu volunteers to help him. With Queen Julia quickly disappearing once they arrive, what dastardly plot will our heroes uncover? Hey, Tubes, it's your old buddy Bucho. A Clone Wars rookie on my first ever watch of The Clone Wars, and next to me in the dropship on his third ever watch of The Clone Wars, he's the mace to my Jar Jar. It's your trusty pal, Robbie. Hello, Yusa. And we are going to talk about the 116th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology, written by Jonathan W. Rinsler, directed by Stuart Lee. It's Season 6, Episode 8, The Temple of... I mean, The Disappeared. So, Robbie, let's roll out with you letting us know what you remembered about The Disappeared before you rewatched it again this week. You know, it's funny because, you know, if you look at the ratings on IMDb, this two-episode arc is sort of low-rated, but I gotta say, this arc cemented Jar Jar as, to me, a valuable character in Star Wars. There's something about it. I don't know if it's Mace Windu reacting to him. Yeah, they're a great odd couple. Maybe the perfect yeah. odd couple in the show, right? The most serious guy and the goofiest guy put together. It's a really great odd couple episode. Yeah. Not to spoil uh, my uh, attitude to the episode, but sorry, Robbie, I just interrupted again. No, it's okay. It's one of those things that it just, it cemented Jar Jar in my head. And maybe, I, I, I that's the thing. It's like, I know that I was more critical of some things in Star Wars up to Clone Wars. You know, especially the prequels. I think this is one of those episodes that I don't know if this was the exact turning point, but it was. It definitely helped in my path to being a little more positive about things. You know, I mean, it's okay to be critical, but to be almost belittling of certain aspects of Star Wars and things like that. This one really kind of opened my eyes. So yeah, I mean, I remembered. I remembered a lot about this episode. From Queen Julia and the chamber of the cult there. And I mean, it was just, I I remembered all of this. And I remembered Mace Windu being awesome. It's just a fun episode. Well, at the start of this very fun episode, we and the Republic Senate and the Jedi Council learned that the spiritual leaders of Badota are mysteriously disappearing. So naturally, Queen Julia has an I only wish Jar Jar were here moment. And she requests that special elite representative Jar Jar Binks be sent to aid them. And so, who else but Master Mace Windu volunteers to roll with Jar Jar. And once Mace and Jar Jar arrive on the very pretty, very mist-shrouded world of Badotta, we learn that Queen Julia is a very, very, very big fan of Jar Jar's. And she wants a little more than to simply solve a mystery. So Queen Julia and Jar Jar head off for some... 
some quality time. <laughs> and Jar Jar has everything under control right up until Mace fails to remember Master Terra Sanube's lessons about patience. And Mace gets overexcited and busts in and distracts Jar Jar and the Queen's guards long enough for Queen Julia to be snatched by kidnappers, Robbie. And I've got a Several notes on this first part. For one thing, I think it's interesting that the Dagoyan masters don't seem to enjoy Jedis. In fact, the Bardotans in general don't enjoy Jedis, and they in fact recognize them as child kidnappers. I like the small touches that the animators use here. For example, little things like Jar Jar romantically lifting his foot off the floor when Queen Julia kisses him. And I really like the score in a lot of these early scenes. It's not just the tribal beats or the flutes, but there's this high bowed string instrument riff. And I don't know what instrument this, maybe a Dilruba or a Taos, one of those Indian violin-like instruments. And it's perfectly toned to be neither romantic nor menacing, but it is mysterious and exotic somehow. And there's this odd delay on it where it echoes itself. And it's kind of neutral, which is just like the way the Bodotans apparently engage with the Force, as Master Yoda says. And Mother Night was, like you said, it's a fun episode. It feels like 15 episodes since we did one which doesn't feel heavy and portentous. And even though we're pushing up against the darkness of Revenge of the Sith in the timeline, here it's nice to be able to just kind of sit back and enjoy a good old rip-roaring pulpy adventure, you know, this deep into the Clone Wars saga. Yeah, I mean, this idea of putting Mace Windu and Jar Jar together is such a weird one, but it's one of those that... Like, if you said at the beginning of The Clone Wars that, hey, we're going to have an adventure with Mace Windu and Jar Jar where they go off on an adventure, you're like, okay, but why? But there's a reason why. And it actually makes a lot of sense. And it's... I really, really like it. I mean, it's one of the things that... Mace Windu seems to be one of those that just is devoid of any sort of humor or anything. I mean, just the look that he gives Jar Jar when he says that he's a servant. (laughs) I love it. The animation there is so good. It's a really good play off of, you know, one another. In a strange kind of way, it almost feels, especially knowing how episode three goes down, it's almost one of those too little too late kind of things on the on the part of Mace Windu's character for him to lighten up a little bit. But it, I love the fact that they work well together. Yeah. Strangely, <laughs> you know? I just really, really kind of enjoyed the look of everything. The Like you said, the music is very exotic like you said it's got that almost indian flavor i don't know it's it's weird it's almost one of those where it is sort of one of those plot heavy kind of things it's almost like you know well this happens then this happens then this happens and it's just kind of leading you down the path but for some reason it doesn't feel manipulative or lazy it just feels enjoyable which is kind of one of those weird things it's like how do you know when something's going to work for you when something doesn't but for me this one works it sure does robin i don't know if we've even mentioned terence tc carson before who plays mace windu i think samuel l jackson did the theatrical release but every other mace windu performance throughout the show in terms of the voice that's terence tc carson and even though mace has never been the character that i've you know grown to love in the show because he is so overly serious it's still always a good performance and in episodes like this where his over seriousness is presented as you know a comedic idea it really works nicely so we get the animators doing some sweet eye rolls for mace and we get terence tc carson doing his kind of harried sighing performance as this guy who has to deal with Jar Jar and 
When the Badotans hit the panic button upon the discovery of Queen Julia's disappearance, Jar Jar is the one who steps up and calms proceedings with his wisdom. And the Badotans tell Jar Jar and Mace that the ancient prophecy which foretold of the disappearances is a prophecy of the Frangle cult, who are apparently a warrior people who have a demonic shrine somewhere in the caverns deep beneath the temple. So Jar Jar and Mace rock on down through the catacombs, and because Jar Jar is the bravest, Robbie, Jar Jar goes ahead, which is when Jar Jar gets kidnapped, of course, after being dusted with some magical invisibility sprinkles, which don't quite make tactical sense because it's not really clear how making Jar Jar invisible actually helps his captors, you know, because one of them's carrying him the whole time. So it's not like Mace wouldn't be able to tell what was going on, especially since it only makes Jar Jar louder. Yeah. If it was ever possible to make Jar Jar louder, just make him invisible. That makes him louder. So if anything, it was a tactical mistake from the Frangle cult people. But what is clear is that the magical sprinkles do make for a dramatic visual effect or two. And that's good enough for me. And so before we know it, Jar Jar is suspended in a cage among a whole row of suspended cages, one of which houses Jar Jar's Bay Queen Julia. And then before we know it, Mace is kung fu fighting his way through the bad guys to rescue Jar Jar. But unfortunately, the leader of the cult makes his escape with Queen Julia, and that's when we realize that we will have to wait for the next episode to discover Queen Julia's fate and... I love all this ancient temple stuff, Robbie. I mean, obviously it's going to remind us of Temple of Doom, but it's just one of those old tropes of the old serials that Lucas and Spielberg loved that they based a lot of Indiana Jones stories and Star Wars stories on. It's just always a lot of fun for me. And I always, I mean, this scene with Mace wasting fools like Black Dynamite with a lightsaber. And I really dug that they called back to Mace's move on Liberty on Ryloth when Mace had forced thrown his two clone troopers, Razor and Stack, off that bridge to safety. Here, Mace Force throws Jar Jar up to the top of the steps. And not only that, Robbie, did you also notice that Mace finds himself facing off against not one, but two opponents who had the higher ground? I didn't actually make that connection. I don't think it was supposed to be anything. Of course, Mace waxes that fool <laughs> and he waxes a bunch of other Frangle fools. But uh, I just, it was a dumb little note that I made where, you know, you can have the higher ground against Mace Windu. It doesn't matter. He's going to wax you. I do have one more note on this section, but I'm not going to bring it up because it might steal your shot of the episode. So how did you like this uh, second half of the episode, Robbie? This temple revelation and this big old fight scene with Mace Windu kung fu fighting. Well, yeah, I think this is really where the Temple of Doom reminders really come up. I mean, immediately it's got that kind of vibe because there's a like a ritual and the people hanging and the way that the, the chamber is sort of presented and then the captors in the cages. I mean, it, the, everything reminds you. I mean, especially if you're a fan of Temple of Doom, you're definitely reminded of it. And you almost expect, okay, is there going to be a, you know, a, a heart retrieving scene? I mean, what's going on here? Right. I mean, it's actually... It's one of those, again, I have to marvel at the lighting. I mean, it's so beautiful, the way that this thing is shot. I mean, I say shot, you know what I mean? Yeah. The way that it's animated, the way the lighting is done. The green of that, you know, when that poor Bardotin person, <laughs> who a council member, whatever he is, is sort of electrified. That green is so pretty with the dark reds and, and yellows from the fire. Yeah. You know, and then it just everything and then even the the escape of that cult member with queen julia and jar jar's following them down this this cave it's so well shot and even the animation of the spider webs yeah as they walk by it's just got this flow to it it's just really really well done and it's i don't know i guess you really have to hate jar jar to dislike this episode but 
for some reason, like I said, there's something along the way has changed, and, and Jar Jar has been somebody that I really appreciate in Star Wars, so to have this kind of episode and this sort of this juxtaposition between, you know, the goofy, bumbling, slash, crazy Jar Jar with Mace Windu doing some awesome Jedi stuff. I mean, it's just, I mean, how can you not enjoy this? Yeah, it's so much fun. And I like how they, I mean, like I said a couple of times there, they subvert that dynamic where we expect Jar Jar to be just the bumbling one and Mace to be the competent one because Jar Jar does have everything under control and it's Mace who busts in yeah. and ends up leading to the queen being vulnerable to being taken. And then when the Bardotan council is going nuts, Jar Jar is the one who steps up and calms them down. So Jar Jar being competent, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, we can go all the way back to supply lines when... We're surprised by Jar Jar actually being able to do that trick with all of the balancing the crockery and what have you. You know, you expect that's just going to be a shambles. Jar Jar is competent at some things. And I don't know, that's just more fun for me. I guess, well, I shouldn't say it's more fun for me. I just think it's fun that he is bumbling and kind of goofy and a bit of a goon. But, you know, when it comes down to it, Jar Jar can step up. And uh, like you say... He's maybe the sweetest character in the history of Star Wars, and so it's just fun to see him getting a win once in a while. But one thing I purposely didn't bring up as a note in that previous section was what's potentially a shot of the episode. So, Robbie, why don't you go ahead, let us know what was your favorite shot of the disappeared. Well, mine is just the crane shot slash drone shot, whatever you want to call it, of the chamber of that Fringal cult. I just think it's so striking I mean, it's just like from the whole episode, you're kind of getting all of these shots of, you know, even the council chamber is very nice looking, you know, the the lighting, the, like I said, the, the particle effects that I enjoy. But man, that chamber is so cool looking. So when it's actually kind of put out there for you at that, you know, the beginning of that sequence, man, it's so cool looking. Well, in that case, now I can bring up the shot of the Frangle leadership disappearing up that chute and out into the night. Because that shot is 1130% gorgeous. The way the ship blasts off up that shaft. And then its wings kind of fold out as it climbs into that deep blue Bardotan night sky. As it appears to head towards one of Bardotan's moons maybe. It's very, very pretty. But my favorite shot of the episode was just after Mace asks Jaja If Jaja is sure that he's the special delegate that the Queen was requesting. This is right near the start of the episode as they fly in. Jaja replies, Yep. The queen is Misa Palo. Misa know her for a long go time. And then it cuts to a shot of Jar Jar seeming to reminisce wistfully about the queen <laughs> while staring out of the cockpit window. And I don't really tend to pay a huge amount of attention to Jar Jar's eyes. But in moments like that, you really concentrate on his eyes, which obviously are sticking up there out on those stalks. I guess it's that he is such a massively physical character where his entire body is in motion at pretty much all times that I don't pay too much attention to his eyes, but I just like the way that they animated those eyes in that moment to show what Jar Jar looks like when he's wistfully reminiscing. And that doubles up with Mace because in the background, he's quietly sighing and rolling his own eyes. And so that was my shot of the episode. But before we bring this one in for a landing, Robbie, we need to sum up and give our ratings. So after your latest watch of The Disappeared, how did you like it? Where does The Disappeared sit on that four-star Robbie scale? Well, I know that that a lot of uh, a lot of the troops out there may not be as big of fans of Jar Jar as we are, but for me, this one is one of those where even though it's not exactly the most necessary plot in the overarching story of the Clone Wars, to me, this one's one of those where, as you said, things have been so serious. It's so, I mean, almost uh, 
at a breakneck kind of speed with all of these different plots going on. It's so serious. It's nice to have an episode like this. And for me, this one's a three out of four. I've got it at eight. Frangle masks out of ten, Robbie. Like I said, I like Jar Jar being competent. I mean, when it comes to Jar Jar, all he really has to do is not mess up too much. And then that's a win for Jar Jar. Just be normal. And it's almost like a heroic moment for Jar Jar. It's just all around fun. You know, it's an ancient temple, odd couple story. And I know that you could probably pick a ton of holes and a lot of, and a ton of moments in this episode. But like you said, it's kind of a breath of fresh air after 15 episodes of angst. So I just had a ton of fun with it. And I'm looking forward to seeing how it resolves in the next episode. And I do believe that's mission accomplished for season six, episode eight, The Disappeared. So Robbie... Won't you please let the troops out there know if they want to tell us that 8 out of 10 is way too low for this very fun episode, how can they reach us? Well, we are Bucho and Robbie at Gmail, Twitter, and Instagram. That's B-U-C-H-O-A-N-D-R-O-B-B-Y. Yes, sir. And of course, the troops can join us again next time for the 117th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars Chronology Season 6, Episode 9, The Disappeared Part 2. And until then... This is your old buddy Bucho, alongside your trusty pal Robbie, and we are out. Remember, you can support sending the clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or any other podcast platform, and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Bucho and Robbie at gmail.com. May the force be with you.